I, I, I just sort of, it's just overwhelming sometimes the, just the goodness and the mercy of God. And uh, so I, I probably am just going to talk about uh, for a bit um, where I've been the last week. Maybe you didn't know that you sent me to Colorado. The church actually paid the lion's share. I was thinking about that phrase, the lion's share. I like that, of my trip to Colorado. And um, so I was at a fire and glory week of meetings in a tent that seated 5,000 people with Mario Murillo and Lance Walnow and Lou Engel, who I didn't know was going to be there. And it was phenomenal. It was just an honor to be there. And um, it's interesting because people say, well, go to, the, go to these revival meetings and carry something back. Bring something back. You know, bring back the fire. And um, so I always kind of wondered how, how exactly that works or what, what exactly um, that looks like. But I pray that you, just as I share some of the stories um, and the experiences, that you would um, sense that God is not a respecter of persons and that he loves us and wants to see the kingdom come in power. And I've been sort of just experiencing the book of Acts for the last week. So um, I know that that is available to us because it's the kingdom. That's what the kingdom looks like full on. So let me, let me just pray. Father, we just um, adore you. We just love you. We're so grateful to be called your children. We're so humbled, Lord, that the God of the universe, the God who can do anything, the God of the impossible, loves us and made a way for us to access his glory, your glory, God, that you give us. You share your glory. We were made in your image. You restore us through Christ, and you give us your glory that the world may know that you are alive and well and that you love them and that you have a way back to the Father through the Son. And so, God, I, I just pray your blessing on all of us that our hearts would be tender and our, our hearts would be ignited to this time that we live in, that you have chosen that we would live where we live, that you have chosen that we would be in this time, in this generation, and that we would carry the various aspects of your nature that each of us do very differently but very necessarily. And God, that we would just have such a sense of calling on each of us, that each of us is essential to the functioning of the body of Christ and the participation to fully reflect your goodness and your mercy in the earth. And so God, we just thank you. This is the day that you have made and we will rejoice and we will be glad in it. And Lord, that we will um, be filled with your Holy Spirit. You said you give your spirit without measure. Uh, to those who ask. And so, Lord, we're asking more, more, more. Baptize us afresh in your Holy Spirit, Lord. We need you. In Jesus' name. So, <clears throat> I don't know if you've been to Colorado before. It's not like, it's sort of central U.S., so it's not like the deep south. But there, you know, I'm so, we, we all think we don't have an accent, so it's, it's funny, you know, when you travel and listen to different accents. But the first day I walked into the tent and um, I had volunteered to be on the prayer team for salvation, so I got my little badge, and um, and this um, older lady came up, and she was talking. Obviously, they a couple that knew each other. The tr the crusade was hosted by two 
big churches, about three or 4,000 people each, Radiant Church and um, uh, Church for All Nations. And it was just amazing to see them coordinate and work together. Mario Murillo's team had been in Colorado Springs for a month sowing seed, preparing the ground, going into into neighborhoods, going downtown, going into homeless camps, sowing the gospel, doing good deeds. It just wasn't a come in and hit everybody with the gospel. And I think that's why there was such a glorious response. They do things through the church, with the church, and the church follows up after. But just uh, just comically, this one lady came up and, and she's like, well, uh, you know, Brother Bill, how are you doing today? And, he, and she said, oh, no, don't you get up. He goes, I got to get up, sister. So he gets up and gives her a hug, and she says, my goodness, it's going to be hot again today. What's it going to get to? He says, I heard it's going to get to 95. Sweet Jesus, she says. And I'm like, I'm in another country. I am definitely in another country, but it was, it was just so, so fun. I've never seen so many Christian t-shirts in my life in one place. And it sort of started this thing where I saw the one that Sean is wearing, and I'm like, that's so Sean. And then I was like, well, if I get Sean one, I better get Teresa one. And then, and then um, the Lord actually said to me on the way back, I don't usually wear t-shirts. And the Lord said to me to wear this t-shirt in the airport. Little did I know my plane would be delayed and I'd have eight hours of being a human billboard in an international airport. So I literally walked 70 gates several times over eight hours with my backpack in my arms so everybody could read my t-shirt, which, which, is, which is from the Gospel of Luke. And essentially the theme of the tent meetings was God is here, he heals, and we heal, that we go out. It says, you know, that Jesus sent out the 70. He sent out the 12, and then he sent out the 70, and he said, heal the sick, cast out demons. I have all authority in heaven and earth, therefore you go. And that's what we saw, and it was, it was marvelous. I think um, somebody asked me what sort of was the highlight of, it's kind of hard to break it down to one thing, but those three men of God, particularly Mario and Lance and Lou, and not to elevate people, but they are men of God. And when you walk into their presence, you feel the presence of the Lord. And again, it's just like, I just was felt like this is a challenge because God doesn't have favorites that the, we can carry the Holy Spirit to that extent and that degree. But Literally, Lou Engel, when he took the stage, I just began to weep. And he's, he prays so often, he, he just rocks. He can't stand still. He rocks constantly. And he, it's just, you could not be in his presence and not know there's a God. He's just, it's like, I would imagine just being in the presence of a Moses. And I'm not, again, I'm not trying to elevate men, but the glory of God that, that people are carrying, and that's the older generation. The, I don't know, I think Mario's 75-ish. They're all in that category. And they are saying, we are the Moseses. We are the ones that have fasted and prayed. And God is raising up Joshua's that we need to win the battle on the mountain in prayer first, but there needs to be people who are in the valley fighting the battle and changing culture and winning back culture. And really that's a lot of what the message was 
was the churches abdicated her role to influence society and were paying the price and that we don't want to lose this generation. There were some people who told us some pretty graphic stuff of what's going on and, you know, the, the transgender agenda and what kids go through to, or people go through to try to maintain trying to be the opposite sex. And it's horrific. It's absolutely horrific. And um, it's not to burden us, but to stir us up. My own personal application was um, having read recently the story of David Wilkerson, who was in New York City as a young pastor, and read in the newspaper that three young, six young men who were under 16 years old were being convicted of a murder. And he just was like, his heart was broken. He said, God, what is going on? That kids of that age are killing one another and that they could be so hard-hearted and so lost. And he just started to say yes to God. He just started to say yes to God. And God took him into some unlikely places and some things that looked like they were mistakes or not so great happened, which actually gave him status with the in the hood with the with the gangs and and out of all of that was birth teen challenge and that whole legacy one person saying yes uh, can just change a part of the world you know in in some aspect and we had examples of that god was orchestrating things as he does on a microcosm level as well as the macro the first night um i was on the prayer team for salvation and it's all super well organized, and we all were tagged and ticketed. Everybody who had any part as a volunteer had to be pre-approved, and you had to sign up online ahead of time. And and so I was sitting, but ready to go out to outside of the tent to the back when the salva- salvation message was presented, and then we would get the information of the people who had said yes to uh, believing in Christ. And I was in a row, and I sat at the last seat in one row because I had to pop out, and I thought what is going on? Did I forget my deodorant or something? Like, nobody was sitting beside me. And I was like, That's, this is really odd because the tent is filling up. And it filled up hours before the meeting started. Like, if you can imagine, over 5,000 people, and they're all trying to get parked. And we had parking attendants. People parked at high schools and got shuttled in. We were parking in fields. And it was amazing. So I'm sitting there, and I'm thinking, this is odd. No one's sitting beside me. And then, lo and behold, this this family comes in and the dad, dad was like big bearded, tatted up, and, and um, a couple of kids, and then the sort of teenage boy sat beside me. And all during worship, and I got to say that this Catherine Mullins from Atlanta, she just, as soon as you got up on the stage, she was like a pogo stick. Like the energy on her was just like, don't, don't, don't. She's just jumping and bouncing the whole time. And just like a lovely, lovely young woman who had gotten saved at three, she was a pastor's kid, and never fell away, and she lives at that intensity of faith and energy, so it's not like her story is God kept her, and I, you know, I sort of think, well, God, how do we maintain sort of a revival fervor? Can we live at that? You know what? You can. It may not always look noisy and bouncy and jumping around, but it's faith. It's just faith in the God of the impossible, and she's seen stuff, and um, so as soon as you went into the, the, the meeting, she says, okay, everybody to your feet, raise your hands, lift a shout to the Lord. And that's how we started every day and every night. And, and, and we just shouted so much. You know, in scripture, 
Lifting a shout to the Lord is a shout of victory. And it just does something to you physiologically. You know, I mentioned this before about the TED Talks, right? Where the TED Talks where the world goes, get in front of the mirror and go, you know, before you have to go do a presentation for your business or whatever. What you do physiologically plays out in your spirit. You know, we are a whole person, our body, soul, and spirit. And your soul and your spirit respond to what your body does. So if you're like, I feel really today, you know, um, and your body is going to say that to your spirit. And you have to train your spirit to train your body. But you can just, you can, you can, you can have one of these power stances. Isn't it interesting that the Bible would say, lift your hands to the Lord. That's a power stance. Immediately, my, my body says, I'm a victor. Oh, yeah. I'm more than a conqueror right here, right now. This is Jesus in me, and he's coming big, right? He's here, and he's in me, and he's with me, and he wants to do something. So anyway, to continue with the story of this family, during worship, which was aggressive I just want to say it's aggressive it was so good but it was so aggressive she's like get up put up your hands you know that's not what worship looks like not to the most high God and there's a mosh pit of youth from these churches in the front and they're just like the sweat is flying Colorado was hot and they're just like jumping jumping they're like like this whole this big as our church the area of kids that look like human pogo sticks you know and they're like blah, 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 blah dancing all around the energy was so high and it's not just about energy and enthusiasm it's about faith rising and I tell you what when you start to see some people saved and some people healed faith rises and it built through the week it was incredible you could have cut it with a knife so I look over this kid next to me he's just absolutely being moved by the Holy Spirit during worship he's trying to not cry. He's trying to not let anybody see that. He's wiping away these tears. And, um, you know, it's like very boldly. I just like a couple times, I just was like, bless you, brother. Put my hand on him, which, you know, isn't very normal. But weren't, it wasn't a normal situation. And um, so when Mario made the call to put up his hand, this kid pops up. He just pops up, and I said, good for you, best decision you ever made, and he runs down to the front. The first three days, there were 700 people that we recorded that got saved, um, and this kid, I, re- I, I leaned over to the, the mom, and I said, is this your son? And she said, he's my foster son. I said, so cool. I said, I have a foster son, too. So when his name was Sebastian, when he came out at the back of the tent, and we were all waiting there lined up. Um, to talk to them, I grabbed him. I'm like, because he recognized me because we had these exchanges. And I said, Sebastian, it's so cool what you just did. And already the whole countenance, you know, I, that I am a new creation in Christ. Behold, the old is gone. All things have become new. Sebastian was new. It was, it was the real, real deal. And um, we had this great talk, and he's like, I can't believe God sent me a foster mom all the way from Canada. Right? I was, as far as I know, I was the only Canadian there. So he's all jazzed, and I'm all jazzed, and I ended up sharing with him, you know, just about what God had done in my son Nathaniel's life in the last year and a half, and, and um, anyway, it turns out he's 21. He was older than I thought, and we just, we just had this cool connection, and I talked to his family, and um, the rest of the night, he'd come and, like, look for me and say hi. 
So uh, God bless Sebastian in his new life and um, his working at Safeway. So Lord, we just pray for open doors and open hearts and good friends and that he'll get connected with youth at a, a good church and grow and continue in Christ in the name of Jesus. Some of the, just the things that happened, um, Mario is an evangelist and he has a gift for um, just presenting the gospel in ways that you want to get saved and he would just present it from a different need sort of every night, you know, um, that uh, Ecclesiastes says God gives, gives us uh, wealth and riches, but that to some he, he doesn't give the ability to enjoy it. You know, that's what scripture says, that he actually withholds enjoyment for some people so that they will look for him, right? And uh, so different, different angles every night. And, and people were coming, and it, it, was, it was amazing. And then the first few nights, um, Mario wouldn't, didn't come down into the audience. He has, he ha- he has a, a discerning of where God is healing. He never touches anybody, but he would just say, you know, God's healing this person and healing that person. So of, of the many nights and the many healings we saw, and he said, you know, people will say this is staged, this is, this is prearranged, we're paying people to say this or whatever. We could see him, and then there were two big screens. So one guy, for example, and I noticed him, was a guy, and I'm guessing he was in a, a, a bad accident, and he said he was basically titanium from the waist down. He'd just been shattered and was rebuilt. He was all pins and plates. And he moved with great difficulty, and he wasn't that old, uh, with a walker. And Mario just went to him and said, do you want to walk normally? And the guy's like, yeah. <laughs> and he says, God is healing you right now. And you just see him like start to move, and he starts to move, and then you see this light come in his face, and he starts to walk, and then he starts to run! And he's just, like, running across the front of the tent, and he's like, what are you going to do? You can't praise God enough, right? He's running across the front of the tent. He's running across the front of the tent. This old guy all on his own, nobody called him out. Nobody prayed for him. He just was new. Jesus was walking by and grabbed his robe. And this old guy that went up in a walker, he starts running around with his walker over his head. There's a little girl, about eight years old, in the audience. And Mario says, you've got asthma. And she says, like, like, how'd you know that? And then you see her face on the big screen, and he says, breathe. And she goes, oh. and she just, like, takes this clear breath, and her face is just this picture of joy, like, I'm free, I can breathe. So it just went on and on. This woman with MS, again, he just goes through, and he says, you have a debilitating disease that keeps coming back, and just when you think you're over it, it hits you again, and she's just bawling. And her friend next to her is going, yeah. And he says, God's healing you right now. And, um, you know, you, you, they're obviously something like that. You can't medically verify it right away, but you verified it on her face. The face, her light, the life just came back into her. And she just, she just stood up. And she was just, just weeping. And the next day, and to talk about T-shirts again, I'm talking to this couple who were there on their honeymoon. They were in their 70s. And they were both lost their first spouse, and they were there. They'd just been remarried, and they were there on their honeymoon. It's so awesome. They're, they're this great couple. And I'm like, oh, I love that T-shirt. Because, like, again, there's all this array of incredible T-shirts. And, uh, and it said, healed people 
heal people. So we, you know, sometimes you've heard in the world, hurt people, hurt people. Healed people, heal people. You got to love that because it's, it's like an invitation. It's not, in, it's not in your face. It's saying, I've experienced something and it's real and I'm changed and I'm inviting you. I want to share it, right? So I look over and I pointed out this t-shirt and I said, oh, I love that t-shirt. And the lady says to me, that's the lady who got healed of MS. And I'm like, what? I didn't even recognize her, right? She just looked so completely different. So God is just at work, and so the faith arises. Not everybody was healed, but not, you know what? Not everybody was healed in Jesus' time either. And I think that's the thing is just to say God is on the move. And I think sometimes just to have the encouragement of seeing the reality of, of kingdom and the Father just touching people and, and changing their lives in an instant. It was so powerful. So one night after I prayed with uh, a, a young man, um, I just was sort of hanging out, and the police are out in the back and everything, and it's, it's all pretty official. And, and there's a, a guy maybe in his uh, late 30s on a mountain bike sort of hanging back where the police are but not coming in. But you could hear everything because it's all you know, broadcast out. And so he's hearing Mario's message, and I just felt like the Holy Spirit said, go talk to him. So I just went over and said, you know, like, hey, you kind of just taking it all in from out here or whatever. You know, you don't remember what you say. Anyway, um, he was um, a pastor's kid, and he had been born with a club foot. And he had just been through a lot of abuse of people trying to get him healed and was not very happy about how that all went and that, you know, telling people they're healed when they're not. And then his brother had committed suicide in February. And so we were just standing there. He's on his bike, and I'm just standing there. I'm just crying with him. So it's like nobody want Jesus didn't want any of this to happen, you know, the way this happened. And apparently his brother was, like, surrounded by memory verses when he took his life. And, and there, I said, you know, I just don't feel like there's an answer. I just feel like there's more Jesus, you know. I, give, I don't want to try to give you a pat answer to this, but... There's more Jesus than we know. There's more Jesus than you've experienced and I've experienced. And so we're just standing together crying. He says, you're the first person that stopped to talk to me. And I'm like, oh. I said, but you know what? That's orchestrated by God. Because God knew who, who would connect, right? And, and, and so the, just the thing is, well, the next night he was there again. And his wife had told him to go, right? And he said, I don't want to go. And uh, the first night he said to me, uh, I would love to see this explode. And I'm thinking, I think I need context for this. And what do you, what do you mean? You want to see it, like, go down or you want to see it go really well? So he said, no, I want to see it. I want to see it really happen, that people get really touched and that, that, we, that we communicate the kingdom accurately. I said, you're absolutely, like, that's, that's the heart of God in that. That's what God wants, too. So anyway, it turns out he worked in an outreach mission, you know, and um, he was kind of critical that Mario wasn't in L.A., where he's from, reaching out to needy people in L.A. because there's so many homeless. The next thing Mario said behind us in the tent was, the next tent meeting is in L.A. And Mario said to us, we have been working with people for years. There's 15,000 street kids just in LA, children. And they have been working amongst the gangs 
And he said, you people don't know how to worship. He says, wait till you see my former gang members worship. He says, they're going to show you how to worship. I think, you know, one of the songs that Sean and Teresa sang this morning, which was awesome, you guys. And thanks for preaching last week, Brother Sean. Hey, bless the Lord. Yeah, God is, God is stretching us and moving us and doing new things amongst us, right? And you just have to keep saying yes. Just keep saying yes. He's building the family. And it really, it really does feel like family, right? Um, I'm just going to change gears a little bit and just read um, Matthew. You know, my, my default sort of when I'm exposed to something marvelous in the kingdom is, how are we going to get this to happen here, <laughs> right? I'm like, I just go all responsible, like, uh, now how do we bring this here? And I, I, I can feel very uh, burdened by it, right? Because sometimes I forget that it's not about me doing anything. It's just about God doing it and us saying yes. And so I love this, this passage, which we often use. It was actually on the wall in the dining room until um, we had to repaint. Um, Jesus saying, I'll, I'll read a wider context. At that time, Jesus said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and the learned and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for this was your good pleasure. And he's just gone, he's just talked about how um, John the Baptist came and his ministry didn't really tickle people's ears. And it wasn't like people expected. And he said, you know, we played a dirge and you didn't mourn and we played the flute and you didn't dance. And because um, and John didn't eat or drink and now you guys are calling me a glutton and a drunkard. And the kingdom comes in ways that are, can be quite offensive. <laughs> to our flesh and uh and i was just even reading through that passage and going and james and john as soon as they're sort in the sort of opposition they're like let's call down fire on these guys let's just wipe out samaria and jesus is like you're kind of missing it but it's going to be unusual the kingdom of god isn't always going to come in ways that we expect or like it will offend our sensibilities. And there's going to be people who are very rough. One of the, I helped take down the big tent at the end because my flight was later in the day. And it was insane. It's like a carnival tent, right? Like a circus tent. And one of the sort of tent girls and a lot of the staff were people who were saved out of L.A. and travel with the tent. And they, they do the tent drill. And she was a rough chick. She was still very rough. <laughs> She was saved. She had a heart of gold, but she was really still pretty rough around the edges. And she's like, are you on my team? And I said, I think I'm afraid to be on your team. I was like, the guys were afraid to be on her team. So some of her colleagues were saying, take it down a notch, hun. Take it down. You're like, you're a little scary. But they're, you know what? The kingdom of God was completely operative in her heart. And she was in the process of transformation. And that's what we have to be okay with, is that none of us is there. None of us gets it right all the time. 
and that, you know, churches working together in the kingdom, Christians working together that who, who carry the, the, the presence of God in very different ways because we're going to reach very different audiences. We are not everybody's, no one of us is everybody's cup of tea, you know. So, so Jesus says, yeah, it's a little messy, um, but here's the thing. Matthew eleven, twenty-five. I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you've hidden these things from the wise and learned and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, it was for, this was for your good pleasure. And all things have been committed to me by my Father. No one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son, and those to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Hallelujah. Come to me. All who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And I, we often use this, you know, this scripture in uh, terms of, of evangelism and, and um reaching out to the lost. But Jesus is, is talking to mostly a Jewish audience who were under the burden of the law. And so this verse always just soothes my soul because, because we're not under any burden in the kingdom other than to know him. He says, come. You know, it's, it's interesting that, you know, every other leader, every other spiritual guru would say, Go, <laughs> go and pray, go and fast, go and climb this difficult mountain, whatever it is, it's a go, you know, and Jesus is later going to say go, but he starts with come, it's an invitation and it's for everybody, come to me, because I'm the only one that can help, I'm the only one who really has food for your soul, I'm the only one that satisfies, come, come to me, all you, there's inclusivity, all ye who are weary and heavy laden, come. It's an invitation. And somebody said with the all ye who are weary or labor is talking about the things we put on ourselves. Does anybody ever put any stress or burden on themselves? Just me? Okay, Glenn, thanks. I'm glad you're with me, brother. We have this common experience that will bond us. You know what, like we just put all this unnecessary pressure on ourselves. We make things uh, up of our own expectations. Or maybe you have, you know, like uh, uh, just a, an external pressure for, you know, I've talked about it before of my dad, you know, having to meet this unattainable goal. And sometimes I push, you know, he, he said that to me when he was, when I was first saved your picture of the father is distorted by our relationship. I'm like, yep, uh, and have been dealing with that. And so this, and it, it is dealt with, but it's like when, when you're in a place of vulnerability, the enemy comes and hits you in that vulnerable spot, right? So I just, I was like, Lord, I so want to see the kingdom come. I so want to see you do this in glory and, you know, just touch people in Bilo and touch people in the park and touch people in Save on Foods and the post office and wherever. 
that we would see the kingdom come in power and glory and that we would experience this and people would know he's alive and he loves them and that the church carries this incredible gift of life and healing and, and grace. And, um, and so it's, it's really good to, to be reminded to come to him who is humble and gentle and is a servant and lays down everything who was not even able to be like the son of God when he took on my sin that he, he was rejected by the Father so I could be accepted by the Father. I don't know, sometimes those truths that you know, you know, you know, but you don't know them at, 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 at a deep healing level, to know that the Father turned his face away from the Son because he took in all the sins of the world. He who know, knew no sin became sin for me so that I could be free of my sin and be seated in a heavenly place that he left so that he could do that for me. And that's, that's the glory of the story, is that it's this, this exchange that Jesus is so willing to give up of himself so that we can know the love of the Father and be adopted and accepted in the beloved. Come to me, all ye who are weary and burdened. The weary is from the stuff we put on ourselves. The burdened is from stuff other people put on us. Because you have to allow it. But people put stuff on us. And, you know, whatever it is, expectations or demands or brokenness, there's just a lot, there's sin in the world. And so Jesus says, come to me and, and give me the stuff whether it's stuff that's coming internally from yourself or whether it's stuff that's coming externally, give it to me and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. There's our job. Take the yoke of Jesus and you know what a yoke is. So it doesn't mean that our whole life is rest with no work because yokes mean you're working, right? You're yoked. But when they would train a new ox they would put the young one with an old one an experienced one right in a double yoke and the old oxen would know know the ropes so to speak and carry the burden of obeying the reins and pulling in the right direction and then the new one would be trained by the older one and that's our with Jesus that's who is in the yoke with us. It's his yoke. And we know it's his yoke when it's easy and light. And when it's not, it's probably a different yoke, one we're not supposed to be having around our neck. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. And when we talked about the FISH acronym, finding freedom and um, uh, knowing our identity in Christ and learning to walk by the Spirit, F-I-S-H, being part of a heartfelt community. And that is all prefaced with learning because it's progressive. It's We're growing. If you're not growing, you die. Just think about a plant. Right? If you're not growing, you're not, you, there's no, there's no uh, treading water. We're not supposed to stagnate. We're supposed to grow and learn. And so Jesus says, come to me. Come to me. You know, when you see the last night of this crusade, 
thousand people got up. A thousand people. And Mario gave this call, and it was about if you need to be away from demonic oppression. Hello. So now, now you're talking to people who have probably accepted Christ before but haven't known how to live in freedom from demonic oppression. And so initially, and we're already at the back outside of the tent, initially he makes the call, he says, put up your hand. And there's just a smattering of hands around the room, and I'm thinking, that's not the pattern. It's been getting bigger and growing every night. And they said, if you want to come to Christ, stand to your feet. <laughs> like a third of the tent stands up, and everyone at the back, it was like a wave hit us. We're all like, what? <laughs> like, are there enough of us? We're going to have three people each. It's, it, there, it was just an incredible response that people's hearts long for freedom. People's hearts long for rest for their souls. Everybody wants rest for their souls. So Jesus says, I will give you rest. Learn from me. I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will, promise, you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And that's that's really where I guess I had to land, too, because I'm like, Lord, what is the What's the ingredient of the secret sauce, you know? How do, you, how, do we, how do we bring this home? How do we perpetuate this? How do we replicate this? You, it's not to be produced. It's to, we're, we're the, he's the vine, we're the branches. The, it comes through us. He produces fruit in us. He, the life of Christ in us. And so I guess my admonition, my encouragement would be take his yoke upon you and learn of him. For he's humble and gentle of heart. And, you know, all of this is birthed in prayer. It all happens first in prayer. And, you know, Monday night is our prayer meeting here at the church, 630. There's usually four of us. And, um, you know, that, that we would be praying. I know we all pray, but praying together is a whole nother level of unity. And that... We're, we're learning to, again, learning to major on the major and don't major on the minors things. We're not all alike. Everybody's got different styles and flavors. You know, that's a good thing at Baskin and Robbins. It's a good thing in the kingdom, right? There's a lot of flavors in the kingdom. It's called variety. God loves it. Look at how many animals or flowers or bugs there are in the world. And um, he's teaching us to focus on what's important, which is the kingdom of heaven. It's, it's interesting that when, in our Wednesday night group, we were talking about um, having vision and mission statements, not knowing that there was a, a, vis, a vision statement that was being printed every week in the newspaper, but it wasn't anywhere else that we were, had seen it or sort of were owning it, and it was a passion for Christ and his kingdom. I don't think we need to revise that. That's a pretty good one right there. A passion for Christ and his kingdom. I think we're still going to hammer out mission statements to say what, what our particular part is in that. A passion for Christ and his kingdom. That's what this, this whole outreach was about, was a passion for Christ and his kingdom and people that have just dedicated their lives to bringing the kingdom of God. And Jesus talks about this when he says, you know, count the cost. The guy says, well, let me go bury my father. 
Well, chances are his dad wasn't dead or he'd be there already, right? Jesus says, let the dead bury the dead. Let the spiritually dead deal with that. You know, well, I've just bought a bunch of oxen and I have to go try them out. Things of the world are always going to be there. There's always stuff to maintain. There's always stuff that needs fixing. But to put first the kingdom of heaven and his righteousness and all these other things will be added to us. You know, there's always something. We all, life, life is busy. But we only get one. And we don't want to expend it, the, you know, our, our, our little bit of time that we have. We want to invest it for eternity, for kingdom purposes. So I, uh, I'm encouraged. I'm enthused. I, 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 don't, I just don't want to be enthused. I want to be changed, right? I want to be changed, and I want to just live in a knowledge of, like, have something in your head that can take you to the place where you know God can do anything. Like, I mean, I'm, the guy running around with a walker over his head, for me, you know, it's not even it's not even the miracle of that. For me, it's it's my son Nathaniel. It's to see the a kid redeemed and turned around and so utterly blessed and married within a year. That's my go-to. When I my faith is low and I'm not feeling like you know I'm pumped up about the kingdom, I just go I, I just go God. If anything looked impossible to me, that looked impossible to me. And you turn that around, and that just resets my heart. Because we need to reset our hearts. And I, I would just, uh, we're just going to pray. And I just, I just, that each of us would just before the Lord, just come to him and just, re, just rededicate or just re, resubmit ourselves before the Lord and just say, God, if there's anything in me that you would like to flush out, Go ahead and show me that right now and do that. If there's stuff that I do or think or hold on to or value that is not valuable to you, um, help me to just lay that all on the altar and lay myself before you so that you could bring kingdom priorities. Lord, we, we want to individually submit our hearts and lives to you. And God, we want to corporately as a body, Lord, um, submit our hearts to you and say, God, would you do amazing things that only you can do through the body of Christ, not just this fellowship, Lord, but for everyone who names your name and for everyone that will name your name. I just think of Jesus's prayer in John 17 for all those who will believe through them, Lord, that, that you would build the kingdom in this place in every place where people live and, and interact Father, that you would build kingdom through us. And Lord, that we would have such joy. I pray for a fresh baptism of joy. Lord, it's not a time to be, to be burdened down by the state of the world. It's a time to, to have our eyes fixed on you, to see the king in all his glory, to know that he's coming, and to be filled with, with such joy and um, be magnetic for uh, if that uh, people would go, why are you so joyful? Why are you so happy? So I want to tell you one last story, and then we'll close. Lance Wall now, 
who I don't think I'll ever just think of as Lance anymore because his wife Annabelle often travels with them and she is an utter kick. Like she, they are so opposite and they're just, she's so hilarious and, and he, he just loves her to pieces and he is always mentioning her and introducing her and she's popping up and interjecting things. It was hilarious. But Lance is talking about how he was a pastor and then God moved him into business and politics and, and so he's very much about going, not just seeing revival, but seeing reformation, seeing the walls of our fallen culture rebuilt, right? Seeing, seeing people having influence in education and, and politics and business. And they actually had a call for all the small business owners in the tent one morning. And there was an astounding number. I'm going to say 150 or 200. Like there was an incredible number. And um, just uniting them in uh, blessing their businesses and getting them revamped after all the COVID heartache. But um, Lance told this story, and I think it's just such a great example of kingdom and what God is doing and what he loves, loves to do. And it reminds me of um, in uh, the books of the Narnia, in the Chronicles of Narnia, when Aslan and his sort of troop is going down in their their guests gathering people as they walk through this parade goes through the village and the little old school teacher and you know everyone just joins the parade because it's so enticing and beautiful. Lance is at this business conference in Florida and it's quite at a you know a very nice hotel and um, sort of executives and everybody there and some some young ladies recognize him and said Lance would you baptize us in water we've never been water baptized and he's like um, I'm kind of here on business, and my schedule's really full. And, and his wife's like, Lance, come on, we've got to baptize these girls. So she goes, okay, well, after everything is, all the meetings are done, we'll meet at the pool, the pool's closed, so we're going to do this really quickly because it's kind of, like, illegal because the pool is closed. And, and they're like, great, great, great. So they go down there, and Lance is in the pool, and the girls get in the pool, and Annabelle's on the side, and she's videotaping and uh, so he baptizes these girls, and he's like, he's ready to pop out of the pool, like, I'm done, I did my duty, I did this thing, and Annabelle goes, Lance, ask them if they're full of the Holy Spirit, and she's like, girls, girls, like, are you full of the Holy Spirit, and they're like, no, we didn't know there was a Holy Spirit sort of thing, and he's like, okay, so he goes, he just, okay, God, fill these girls with the Spirit, and he said it was like, he had two limp crackers, one on each hand, floating in the water. They just like got totally slain in the spirit in the pool. And he's got like a, a girl on each hand, and they're floating in the water, and they're they're just got absolutely blown up by the Holy Spirit. And he's like, "Okay, this is not going quickly like I planned." And Annabelle's videotaping the whole thing, and these girls are are just absolutely you know, filled with, filled with the spirit of God. And she's like, make sure they speak in tongues. And he's like, right, right. Okay. So the next thing you know, this restaurant, all this crowd of people lets out of this really fancy restaurant. And somebody goes, what are you guys doing over there? And Anvil says, my husband is baptizing these girls in water and they just got filled with the Holy Spirit. <laughs> and they're like, what? Really? So everybody comes running around and I don't know if it's Lance or Annabelle, they explain what's going on. People started jumping in the pool in their formal attire and getting saved and baptized in water and filled with the Holy Spirit. 
And he said it just went, and then, you know, once you have a crowd, it draws a crowd. And the people just kept coming and coming and coming. That's the kingdom of heaven. That's the kingdom of heaven is just, you know, to be, to, to just say yes. Because there are people who are looking to have rest for their souls. And all we have to do is say yes when they said, well, you know anything about this? Because we do. We know a lot about it. We know the author of it all. So I encourage you to just keep saying yes. Keep saying yes to what the Father has for us. Because each of you carry the kingdom of God and the heart of the Father and the power of God. And we can go and preach and heal and give away what we've been given. And it's glorious. So let, let's pray again. Father, bless Bless all of my friends here, our brothers and sisters, and Lord, we just pray there will be a glorious fallout to um, this invitation to come to you and learn of you and have rest for our souls, and then Lord, that we would just see the gifts of the Spirit in operation in power and glory through us, wherever we go, in the least likely places, and that's one of our, our visions here is that we're going to find the kingdom in the least likely places under the floorboards on the seventh floor of a building where we just follow the trail and then we sh you show up and the kingdom of God explodes. So, Lord, we, we just thank you for that. We thank you for you. We thank you for your faithfulness. And we thank you that you have strategy and that we don't have to come up with anything to do for you. We just keep looking at you. And you go ahead of us because you're the good shepherd. Yeah. So we bless you in the mighty name of Jesus. And Father, we just thank you. Thank you. Thank you. In his mighty name. Amen. Amen. You guys got another song? <laughs>